Drama City Productions presents Immersion Rig Now Online Welcome Nerd Now Generating Episode 69 Featuring Horror Comics Movies Wrestling Full immersion begins in 3 2 1 Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Damon. And this is the Amazing Nerd Show. Christian, I hate Nazis. Okay. Have you seen this story in the news recently? We're both from Chicago. So at a Cubs game, like some fan was like behind a reporter and he like flashed some symbol like while the reporter was talking. Oh. Well, I guess when I saw the video clip, I was like, oh, he's doing the circle game. You know what the circle game is? I don't think so. Okay, it's where you hold your hand like this, uh, and oh, the podcast. Oh, yeah, got it. Right? It's basically the okay, <laughs> yes, got it, okay, so every generation calls it something else, right? And then if the person looks down at the circle, you get to punch them yeah. twice in the arm, right? So obviously a game that's been around for generations, since there is obviously a t- uh, an age gap between us, well, apparently the fucking Nazis have taken this over, this symbol... As, like, their, like, white supremacy, like, they, like I guess they've been flashing it. Yeah. Like, in, like, social media. There, there's this whole, like, trailer. Like, because I started to research it. Like, I was like, what the fuck are they talking about? That's the circle game. And I don't know. Maybe this fan was doing the circle game. Maybe this fan was a fucking Nazi. I have no clue. But I guess it's a thing now. So, like... The circle game is no more. <laughs> like, I feel like part of my childhood died. Like, <laughs> Nazis fucking ruin everything. I That's a weird it. one. Yeah, what the fuck? I don't have no idea. I mean, what's next? Like, the thumbs up? Like, are they going <laughs> to... You know? As long as it's never the horns. I just, I don't know, man. Yes, right? Oh, God, I'd be so pissed off. They can't have that. <laughs> Metal for life. So, yeah. So, fuck Nazis. Yeah. Well, but well, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, on my end of the spectrum. Okay. Um, my mom listened to the podcast for the first time. Oh, yeah? <laughs> and what did she think? Well, she she enjoyed it. She, was, she listened to all three hours of it? Or just, I can't imagine I, her sitting through. She sat through a two-hour episode. Okay. And she says it's just two guys laughing for two hours. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's pretty much it. <laughs> um, themselves. But I think the thing that surprised her the most is I've only ever swore in front of her once. Really? I've only ever said ass once, and it was an accident. And I don't even think she remembers that. Oh, my God. So she's never really heard me curse in, like, her entire So were, time. like, her ears just burning? <laughs> it, was a, it was a total surprise. Like, she curses and everything, but what? I just, I've never. What I've a always choir had the, Is that just a self-imposed thing? I, yeah. Because, I mean... You're in your 20s now. I'm pretty sure it's okay to curse in front of your mom. Yeah, it's pretty much self-imposed, I think. Oh, look at you. What a respectable uh-huh. young man. <laughs> now, my grandfather can never listen to this podcast whatsoever. You'd, oh, really? <laughs> He'd pull out the paddle on you? 
he would want to. <laughs> In his eyes, I'm still the good Christian boy from from like 20 years ago. That's hilarious. So. Wow. Yeah, no, I... I've cursed in front of my mother a lot. My dad did not like it when I cursed, Mm -hmm. you know? So I would, even in my, like, 30s, I'd still get a look every time I cursed in front of him. But, yeah, no. I I hear you. So I guess it was a little self-imposed around the old man, but, yeah, my mom didn't care. I mean, I'm pretty (laughs) sure my mom taught me how to curse, so... I don't know, man. But aren't you a good little Christian boy? That's yeah. A, yeah. But no, I'm still going to do whatever the fuck I want on the show. Yeah. I mean, that's, Living that's up to your name. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave, we've got a lot of news this week. We do. We do. Um, But to t- start things off, the Avengers have sunk the Titanic. Yes. So, this is insane. In less than two weeks' time, they have made 2.3 billion dollars they are now in second place all-time movie wise box office wise worldwide um taking out james cameron's titanic god i hope those actors got some good residual deals on this (laughs) oh my god on these franchises i know uh robert downey jr's contract was insane you know this for this movie Mm -hmm. alone so i can't imagine I'm sure, like, you know, the top-billed Avengers, you know, did well. I don't know if, like, you know, Batista got much out of it. But... <laughs> I doubt it, especially after complaining. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he wasn't really on screen for maybe two minutes, stops. But he just, yeah. He doesn't have any lines in Endgame, I don't think. No, just a whole lot of stabbing. Just a lot of stabbing. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, no, spoiler. <laughs> At this point, if you haven't seen it, fuck you. No, honestly. So, uh, but yeah, the... A lot of fucking money. Mm. A lot of money. Um, Avatars, knock on wood, right around the corner. (laughs) (laughs) So, but our friend, our good friend of the show, James Cameron, put out a little post congratulating the Avengers. Um, You know, I feel like it was really just trying to, like, mend fences um, with the comic book community. um, With all the kind of shit talk that he's been, (laughs) you know, spewing over the last year or so. But whatever, especially now that he knows that they're, like, right on his heels. And he's got another, like, four movies coming mm-hmm. out in the next, like, decade. You know, all Avatar, by the way. So that gets, brings us to our next news story. Yes. Disney releases its schedule, and it is massive. Um, right off the top, we are basically getting Avatar... And then Star Wars. And it's going to be alternating that way for how many years here? One, two, three, four, (laughs) five, six, seven years. So we get starting off with uh, in 2021, we are going to be getting Avatar 2. Then 2022, we are going to be getting a Star Wars movie. And it's untitled at this point. And then we're just alternating all the way through. 2027. Yes, they'll be sharing the Decembers. My question for you, Christian, is who the fuck wants four <laughs> more Avatar movies? Especially if they're going to be what the, we've heard so far, like where it's like a marriage dispute. And, but yeah, that's why I forgot about that and, story. Yeah. <laughs> who Who's asking? Are there I people don't... clamoring for this? It was big when it came out, and it just took way too many years to get to a second. Sequel. I just feel like there's not the fan base. I know how obviously it's huge. I mean, mm. it was huge when it came out. I mean, still number one, 
you know, box office wise, you know, all time. And that's saying a lot because there's been a lot of huge movies released, you know, since then. But I don't know, man. Like, I don't feel like there's that, like, I don't know, fan base around mm-hmm. it. Like, you don't hear people fucking, you know. And maybe it's bigger across the world and we just were unaware, but. Maybe. I don't know, maybe we're just in a bubble, but like you don't see kids rocking Avatar no. shirts or playing with Avatar toys or collecting Avatar comics. Well, one of the, one of the fun things I like I hear a lot from other people that talk about Avatar is name one character from Avatar. I can't name just one, you know. I can't that you can remember or two in general because a lot yeah. of people can remember the main character's name, but. Not me. It just is. <laughs> <laughs> you can remember a lot of stuff that happened. I don't, but you don't even, remember. I think I watched it in bits, like mm-hmm. on cable. I don't. I didn't see it in the theater, so it just never did anything for me. No, I. I it always looked like a yeah. really great video game. Like, <laughs> <laughs> at the time, it looked really good, and I and I enjoyed the one like screening I saw of it. But beyond that, I was like, I don't need to see this again though. But the character design, I don't know. I just, the characters themselves, like they, they looked awesome, you mm-hmm. know, for the CGI and everything, what they're doing. But the characters just, I don't know, never did anything for me. Like it just very unappealing. Well, the thing is now all like everything else in film has caught up to where Avatar is or at least beyond. So it's like, is he really going to set the... the bar that much higher? Exactly. You know, with the next, the, with the sequels. So, and I just don't think the story warrants this no. many fucking sequels. <laughs> My God. So, or at least make them feel like, hopefully they're like standalone films. Because if it's just a continuous story, I don't, I just, I don't see it in this world, you know? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't feel like it's like, leads to this kind of epic storytelling mm-hmm. where it needs this many movies. So, I don't know. I don't know. So now... Speaking of epic, Star Wars, you know, we know that, you know, the Skywalker trilogy ends, or the story, not the trilogy, just the story ends this year, Mm -hmm. and they're going to be moving on from that. Um, And there's obviously some space in between here with the new Star Wars trilogy that they're going to be setting on. It is supposed to be a trilogy still. Um, You know, what they're reporting is, and this was a revelation to me because I always heard that it was separate. Ryan Johnson and the Game of Thrones guys are actually working together on these movies where I thought they were working separately on their own set, like trilogy. But like, I guess at the Disney, like Star Wars celebration, um, it was announced that they were like, or just, you know, brought up that they are working together with these movies. Um, How do you feel about that? Yeah, I was kind of interested to see what Ryan Johnson's standalone vision would be if he were to have three films but i don't have a problem with him working with others i don't have a problem especially if it's you know gonna go back to that old republic and that's the rumor rumor right that we have so far yeah but i see i i knew that with the that was the room with the game of Thrones guys but with ryan johnson it really felt like with like last jedi mm, like he, he was, was building kind of, something yes like he was opening the can of worms like he was like okay you know everyone is part of the force you know Mm -hmm. we could all go ahead and tap into this and you know kind of setting up you know now you know this star wars galaxy without the skywalkers i i hear what you're saying but i feel like disney wants to play it safe right now especially no absolutely um well especially after the backlash Mm -hmm. do you think plans change definitely oh plans completely Mm -hmm. change um i mean kathleen kennedy has been taking the bullet for like the last 
Yeah. Well, her job was on the line. Remember, we were hearing rumors Mm. a while, a few months ago, that she might be on the chopping block. Uh, But then she re-signed a huge contract. Exactly. So, and then we actually got this announcement about Ryan Johnson's trilogy before Last Jedi even came Mm -hmm. out. Because I remember that huge announcement. That well, they they, they seemed him. to be in love with it. At they the time. were, they were. <laughs> so, but I mean, if I take that same message that he has in that film, and I just put that in the old Republic setting, I think that works perfectly. Does especially it? since it's it's a world that's surrounded by nothing but Jedi and Sith. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the Republic is so intertwined with the uh, um, Jedi at that point. And then the Empire is literally just ruled by Sith. Okay. You know, it isn't like one guy sitting on the top and then he might have one apprentice or not. You know, it's like the Force is so much more prevalent mm-hmm. in the past. No, I'm all for mm-hmm. an old Republic like trilogy because we are also speculating for a while. Like we didn't know if it was going to end up being a show or mm-hmm. if it's going, you know, if it was going to be this. You know, and, trilogy. and you, I mean, you're right. It would make a great show. Yeah, yeah, I think I was talking about that mm-hmm. off mic. Yeah, I, I do feel like it'd be fantastic as a show, you know, and it'd be that long form storytelling, I think would definitely, you know, it would work for that kind of, you know, epic, you know, story. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I was just, I, I found that really curious, you know, I, but I, I'm, I'm happy at the same time because I, w- I was starting to get concerned mm. about, you know, a Ryan Johnson trilogy, you know, especially with it. Not even, I trust him still, you know, I'm not a huge Last Jedi hater at all, but I just feel like fans are so like toxic when it comes to their opinion on him at this point that they would just shit on it right off the gate and yeah. would never even get a chance, which is unfortunate. So, I mean, if this is the way that they have to go about it, then fine. You know, as long as he's not, like, sacrificing his original vision, you know. And maybe, you know, he wins back support and he gets to tell his story, you know. Or maybe this was the plan all along. I don't know. So, but do you think they eventually revisit, you know, Ray and the gang after Yeah, no, I think think all those actors have a definite future still. Mm-hmm. In Star Wars. Because we heard the possibility, you know, Kathleen Kennedy was also talking that, you know, at Star Wars Celebration that there's a distinct possibility of, you know, these characters getting their own, like, series eventually. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll see these characters in the I mean, the that's future. the smart play, especially if they're trying to build their, you know, their streaming service and everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. So... You know, I could see World 2 where in, like, you know, 10 years we go back to Rey, you know, and see mm-hmm. where she's at, you know. Um, you know, depending on how the next movie ends. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, exciting news. But also along with all this, we got the whole MCU uh, movie slate for the next couple years. No, I actually thought there might be a longer gap, but it seems 2020 is our next, you know, film yeah. after Spider-Man. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's next year. Mm-hmm. I mean, that really the only difference is like we were kind of getting a movie in November Mm-hmm. You know, for a while. Although I believe, did we get one this year? I don't think we got a November movie this year, right? Last year, no. I don't th- yeah, last year technically, yeah. No, I don't think so. Right. But I mean, there was still what? There were still three movies last year, right? There were three movies in twenty twenty. We we're only getting two, but and then after that, we're getting three movies again. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so we have a movie. We don't have any titles attached no. to these dates, but May first, twenty twenty, November sixth, twenty twenty. Then we're going to 2021 with February 12th and May 7th. 
um, and then November 5th, so we're back to, like, I think, phase, like, the original Phase 3 kind of schedule, and then, um, where was I, oh, 2022, we're, we get one in February, um, and then May 6th and July 29th. And I mean, if we could put guesses behind what we're getting first, kind of seems like the obvious choices would be Guardians of the Galaxy and Black Widow, since we know that they're already in production. Well, Guardians is not in production. That's the one that's supposed to be starting production mm. next year. Oh, okay. So, because James Gunn is still working on so the Shang Chi and Black Widow. Probably, I would guess. So, what movies we know right now? Are in the works, mm-hmm. um, at least rumored, is Black Widow, and that's in pre-production. So I feel like that's probably, you know, slated for May first. If I was mm-hmm. to guess, um, but we also know that Guardians three is you know being worked on or soon to be worked on. We already have a script for that. Shang Chi, um, the Eternals is you know already being casted at this point. Uh, Black Panther 2 is heavily rumored, obviously. Um, Captain Marvel 2. Doctor Strange 2. And then, just out this week, um, it seems like Nova is being heavily rumored at this point. Um, There's strong buzz around the possibility of a Nova movie. Which makes sense. We've already kind of been introduced to the Nova core Mm -hmm. um, at this point in the Guardians movies. So... I, I wouldn't be surprised by that. Nova's an interesting character. I just don't know what Nova we're going to be getting. So I don't know if we're going to get Richard Ryder, you know, the original mm-hmm. Nova, or if we're going to get Sam Alexander. I feel like we're probably going to get Sam Alexander. I feel like they're going to want to go younger. Um, I feel that makes more sense. I feel like Sam is the more interesting character anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, Richard Ryder is always very vanilla to me. <laughs> So, um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Nova is interesting because Nova's basically the Green Lantern Corps. Like, Nova oh, Corps is... absolutely. Is, I mean, like, I was going to make parallels what they are. But, um, so... It'll be interesting to see, like, because, uh, I mean, the last time we saw the Nova Corps, they were not in a good position. <laughs> no, and they've been wiped out by, you know, Thanos. Mm. So, and maybe that's... It's all part of the story. So maybe we see, you know, someone picking up that helmet um, and, you know, you know, dealing with the power and not having the guidance of the Nova Corps around them. So, And that's where you get that kind of um, Green Lantern story where it's like, oh, the helmet makes its way to Earth. And that's... That's literally how it happens for mm. Richard Ryder, which is hilarious. It's, it's basically like the Green Lantern story. <laughs> You know, they have Nova Prime going to Earth, you know, and, like, he's dying and he needs to, like, give someone his power. And he ends up, like, you know, giving it to, you know, Richard Ryder, who's this, like, you know, outcast high school student. So, and it's all about him kind of learning the ropes and using that power um, and becoming a hero. So, and then Sam's story is similar. I mean, there's a little more, like, nuance to it. But I... It's Green Lantern. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just got to piss off, you know, DC. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, no, I, I'm all for a Nova movie, though. I really am. I, I was no. hoping, though, we would get, like, a Miss Marvel in there. You know, maybe that comes, spins out of Captain Marvel 2, possibly. Um, but then I'm also thinking, do you feel like these movies are all going to lead to another Avengers movie? You know, like in the next phase, perhaps. 
Like, we'll get, like, a new, like... Well, new... I'm hoping that the phases still cap off with an Avengers film. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I'm hoping that, like, this is just the amount that they've shown us so far. Yeah. I'm hoping that there's more films to come before then still. Yeah, because really, that's just the next three mm-hmm. years. Or no, yeah, the next three years. So there's plenty of time in it. I don't know, I don't remember movie count-wise, like, how many, like, are in each phase. You know, so I'm not sure exactly how that works. I'm, no, I'm sure they just and it's phase. Baki so. can do whatever the hell yeah. he wants. <laughs> <laughs> it's just interesting to have a phase like that's so sequel heavy. Mm. So, because there is a lot of sequels in this, if you really look at it, you know, I still don't care about the internals at all. <laughs> I still don't care. They're gonna have to make me care about. No, that yeah, one. I, but so. again, that could just be a Guardians of the Galaxy situation. Maybe I hope so. You know. Because, Jesus, they just feel like my, like, grandparents, like, superhero. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Tom King got me to care about um, the new gods this year. So maybe Kevin Faki will get me to care about the Eternals. I don't know. So, but anyway, uh, let's move on. Oh, so we'll stick with James Gunn here. There's a rumor out there right now that they are going to be casting a James Gunn alum, which makes perfect sense since he is helming the movie. Michael Royker could possibly be playing King Shark. Hmm. Do you go big CG King Shark or do you do... Because then it's basically he's voicing King yeah. Shark, right? I feel like you're going to go CG with that character. I, mean, I, could, I could see them putting... James like, Gunn does love practical yeah, effects. I could see them putting the teeth on him or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe just like, CGing his mouth or something. Yeah, more of a like real-world version mm-hmm. of that character. Because that character is just like this muscle-bound, yeah. you know, <laughs> freak so with a shark head. Exactly. Yeah, so super 90s character. So, ah. Uh, it makes sense though mm-hmm. like no, what I know of that character it totally makes sense for him to be playing that character it, it totally has his attitude and everything so I'm not surprised yeah, but there's still another guy this is count. basically be Guardians 3 Suicide Squad 2 <laughs> cause right they casted Batista too uh-huh. right yeah well but Chris he Pratt's can't do the film soon. Batista can't do the film remember isn't Cena um, being thought of for the film Oh, was they were report this like two weeks ago. Was it? Was it Batista who could do, it or someone else couldn't do? I the thought Batista film? couldn't do it. Okay, yeah, it must be Batista because I can't imagine mm-hmm. a film with Batista and Cena in it. <laughs> That'd be too much for my like wrestling uh-huh. mind to handle. Uh, yeah, okay. Coming to a Transformers next year. <laughs> oh God. So yeah, yeah, I don't know, but that feels like perfect casting to me. So I, I'm, I'm. Really warming up to the Suicide Squad, too. But they're basically making it sound like it's a straight reboot. I'm telling you, man, it's still going to be like a bloodbath. I hope He's so. going to go straight. like Because King Shark, like, many of the characters we've named so far just sound like first string blow-ups to mm-hmm. me. Oh, well, I'm saying King Shark, though. He's taking out some people. Oh, like, I, I, he better fucking bite someone in half. <laughs> in the animated film, he was the first to die. He, he just runs into a... Um, he tries to run from the facility. He's been featured in the Flash show, I believe. Yes, recently. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So um, he's getting a little bit of a fan following. Gotcha. So maybe he he makes it through the first act. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, I'm looking forward to the Suicide Squad. So I, I wouldn't have said that a year ago. 
Trust me. So, no, you wouldn't have. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, uh, speaking of which, we got a lot of trailers this week for movies that we're all really excited to see. Um, Spider-Man Far From Home got a new trailer. Yes. You're a very difficult person to contact, Spider-Man. This is Mr. Beck. We could have used someone like you on my world. New world? Beck is from Earth, just not ours. The snap to our hole in our dimension. You're saying there's a multiverse? We have a job to do, and you're coming with us. So, Christian, I was not expecting to get this movie. We're like getting the aftermath of Endgame. Mm -hmm. How well did they hide this from us? Like after they released, they released a full trailer, you know, no, and it felt I, like because we were speculating that oh, this probably is taking place maybe at or before Endgame, you know, maybe like before this Infinity is, War when he's on the bus. Yes, that's right. Know? It would technically be before, mm -hmm. like Infinity War, like maybe that, but he's on that bus like on the way back from the airport, you know, um, because it just felt like it was so far removed from Endgame, you know, in that trailer. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like him and his friends and everything, like his core group. But no, like, they open up this trailer, and I, I was really surprised because they even have uh, Tom Holland, like, before it, like, saying, hey, spoilers, if you haven't seen Endgame yet, which was, once again, it's two weeks afterwards, so they probably felt safe, especially since it made all the money in the world. <laughs> um, you know, don't watch this. Mm -hmm. And it opens up with, you know, Peter mourning Tony. You know, some heavy shit. I was like, I don't know if I'm prepared to see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's still Ugh. too soon. Bring a box of tissues, Tim. Yes, Bring a box yes. Of tissues. I'm not crying, you're crying, Christian. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. Some heavy shit. So I was, I'm really excited for this now. And I was already, like, stoked for the movie. Mm -hmm. um, just, you know, getting kind of, I, I thought we were getting like this, like, you know, standalone, smaller kind of Spider-Man story. But no, we're getting something that's like, you know, this is, we're dealing with the aftermath. And we're dealing with, you know, the MCU now. What it looks like. We're going to see all that. You know, what the world looks like without Iron Man. You know, and how these characters are reacting to the loss. You know, we're, we're getting a lot of Happy Hogan here. Um, I don't think we're getting Gwyneth. I don't think we're getting Pepper. I think she no. she said she's officially retired from the MCU. Oh, okay. I, yeah, she made a statement before Endgame. She'll be out. back. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Please, what are you doing? <laughs> Besides, like, pissing everyone off. Um, but, yeah. So, but, yeah, no, we're getting Happy Hogan. He seems to be a really big part of the movie from what this trailer yes. showed us. It almost feels like he's filling in the Iron Man role. Yes. You know, like the the father figure. He's still kind of like that mm. mentor. Like he's filling in as that mentor and everything, which I think is pretty cool and everything. Um, we get a nice shot of like Peter in the Iron Spider suit too, which I was surprised with, um, you know, and just like fighting crime in it. Mm. I thought that was cool. I was like, oh, okay. Are we going to get more of this suit, you know? Because I, I mean, feel like most of the trailer we saw before that he was in the regular mm. Spider-Man suit. I feel like that's where we're going to start off with him just using that suit, and then he'll switch to a different suit. What do you think is the reason behind him switching back? Either Happy takes away that suit from him because it's too violent, too dangerous, mm -hmm. um, or maybe it's just too much for Peter to deal with now. Like yeah, it's too too much of a reminder as well. Maybe, maybe. 
Um, it seems like they're trying to deal with the idea of, you know, Peter kind of taking over that role mm-hmm. uh, as like, you know, the MCU's, you know, main hero too. Like that's kind of talked about like throughout, which seems man, like a theme throughout the whole. Doesn't like, that era. feel like a bold choice for something that you don't own 100% of? Yeah, but I don't know if that's where we end up at mm-hmm. the end of this movie. I mean, it is Spider-Man. So, and I'm pretty sure they've got a nice ironclad deal with, you know, uh, Sony. But, I mean, Spider-Man is, like, the focal point of the Marvel Universe. So why not in the MCU? Mm-hmm. But you, you're right. It's not 100% your property. Um, and we've seen what they do with the rest of his property. And then, <laughs> just story-wise, I feel like Peter's still too young. Mm. You know, and story-wise, I don't know if I want to go that route. You know, I... I still am craving that, like, Peter, you know, versus, you know, the Green Goblin. Peter versus, you know, uh, yeah, like, you know, one of his smaller tier characters, like Rhino. Like, you know, smaller tier character. Just kind of that grounded street level Spider-Man story. So um, this is definitely more of, you know, the MCU Spider-Man. Which is fine, I get it, but I, I, I still want to, like, maybe next movie... To see him kind of just, you know, street level New York, swinging around, you know, skyscrapers and, you know, punching guys in masks' faces. You know, so yeah. I, I don't know. I see that for this movie and the next movie. Yeah. I hope so. I hope and so. And then he has to eventually grow up a little bit. I get that's fine, but I mean, we dealt with it for 30 years in the comic book. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, he's still in high school mm. at this point. So. You know, we did get that movie with the Vulture, I guess, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see where they go. You know, right now I feel like they're going to keep on escalating character, And the character actually does, in the comics, get to that point where he's kind of this poor man like Tony Stark. Um, you know, he has his home, he has Parker Industries and everything, mm-hmm. and he's, you know, one of the leading scientific minds of the MCU. I don't I mean, need to see him go... He fucks it all up, yeah, know. you know, Peter Parker style. <laughs> But so we do get that from Peter Parker in the, you know, 616 comic book universe. But I just, I feel like it's too soon, you know. For I, I feel like we've got years before we see that. Yeah. If they were to go that route. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. I hope so. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I dug everything that I saw from this trailer. Um, and then we had also another, like this trailer was huge. Like another huge reveal in the middle of this trailer. Mysterio supposedly is not from this earth. Peter gets all excited and says there's a multiverse, you know, right away. Mm. Just starts to nerd out. Um, I don't believe him. It's fucking Mysterio. <laughs> uh-huh. Once again, I still don't even believe Nick Fury's there. You know, like, that's my original theory. So, um, but... If they wanted to make that connection, it's there. I mean, it, it actually happens in the comics... Um, in the Spider-Man uh, miniseries that they did where they actually introduced mm-hmm. you know, Peter Parker to Miles Morales. Mysterio is the catalyst, the catalyst for that where he actually ends up finding this dimension. He stumbles upon it and is going to the ultimate universe and committing crimes. And then Parker just kind of happens upon it and gets stuck in the ultimate universe and he meets Miles Morales and everything. So, I mean, there is presence for it. So it I wouldn't mind if it was kind of like a spin on that where it's like, oh, he got caught, you know, being a cheat or a criminal in his universe. So he, he moved over to the 616 universe 
to like try to come off as a hero like he's really cheating to yeah know, be the hero. and maybe he's bringing stuff back to his you know universe yeah. um or there's no multiverse and it's all bullshit you know like uh, I still I, don't think Molten Man and no, Hydro oh Man God, no. are, that's all him. Yes, that's all <laughs> him, right? So, or they're working for him, mm-hmm. you know, something along those lines. I don't know. Or it's just all bullshit. Now, Mysterio looks fucking phenomenal in this trailer. For as goofy as a character as he is, he looks perfect. His design, but his design, I feel like, looks awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, they make him a lot cooler than he looks in the Because the comic books... I love the look of the character, but he is a guy in a green cat suit with a fucking fishbowl on his head. So, but he looks like a badass in this trailer. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I'm like I was already excited for this movie, but now I'm on like ten. For mm-hmm. this, I'm, I can't wait. For I so feel long. like I'm personally ready for them to step into this concept of there being a multiverse. I I am too. Yeah, no, I want to see that. I just don't know for like I'm wondering if it's true what he's saying. But he's not really from it, you know? Gotcha. Like, we find, like, maybe we get a stinger at the end where, oh, no, there is a multiverse. You know, it is a thing. But Mysterio was bullshitting the entire time. So, I just don't trust Quentin mm-hmm. Beck, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, the guy's stage alien invasions. He's done, I mean, just recently, right? Yes. We had something in, uh, you know, the the new uh, volume of Spider-Man where, you know, he was... He was raining He somehow aliens. still tricked, like, the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> So, but I just didn't know scale wise that this movie was going to be this big. I really thought we we're going to get like a smaller, you know, story. So, well, speaking of a smaller story, we have something on the smaller screen, which is Watchmen. We are no one. We are everyone, and we are invisible. We convinced ourselves that they were gone. But they were just hibernating. They came for everybody. Oh, please. Are we safe? I guess we have ourselves a reckoning. Um, what we got from this trailer is it, it it's clearly a sequel, so this confirms you know it's a sequel to the previous um uh, storyline and everything. But I I don't know what to think really about this trailer at all. Yeah, I have no clue what the <laughs> fuck is going on, man. Like, I honestly I, was like, what the hell was what did I just watch? It's only like a minute or so long, mm-hmm. so it's more of a teaser than a trailer, and we don't really get like we don't see any really like any of the original characters except for adrian right? yeah um and rorschach it, it looks like there's like a cult wearing his mask i'm guessing you know that's i'm guessing it's people that have read his journal and so they like are following a mission but i mean this is supposed to be a significant amount of like maybe five plus years after the events okay so i mean i don't i don't get why the cops look the way they do i don't I just it don't know what's going like on. There's a speech being given at one point, and it feels like they could be talking about the heroes. So maybe the heroes are back. Mm. You know, now maybe the events of Watchmen has kind of like spurred this, like, 
new era of heroes in that universe because it, it felt like they were talking about you know I I and I'm paraphrasing completely because I only watched the trailer once but like it felt like they were talking about like you know we thought they were gone but then now you know or they said that they were done but now they're here mm-hmm. you know um, so I don't know if it's some task force or something. Um, but yeah, no, I got nothing out of this. It would be an interesting concept to see, like, because with Watchmen, we had this kind of like, not a passing of the torch, but we saw one generation and another generation. What if this was like a story of a new generation of heroes being built after the events of the previous and ones? There, there was definitely a new masked character that mm-hmm. we were seeing. It felt like a couple, right? Um, that would be interesting, and just kind of like building on that mythos and everything. I don't again. need it, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, although I, I guess I have to be open minded because mm-hmm. I didn't think it was going to work comic book wise either. And you know, Jeff Johns right now is really pulling it off. You know, with Doomsday Clock, I've really enjoyed that. So, you know, I mean, if you told me five years ago that I that anyone would be touching, you know, Alan Moore's work, I'd say blasphemy, but. You know, I guess I'm more open to it now. So, I mean, and, and whoever is working on it, but I've seen of like his thoughts about the process and everything. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Well, David Goyer is working on this right now. David too. Goyer, I think as well? David okay. Goyer, and we'll talk about David Goyer in mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, but I believe David Goyer is one of the people behind it right now. So, well, it seems like a lot of people that are working on it definitely have a love for the original material. I hope so. So. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. And HBO really is looking for a winner for after yes. Game of Thrones. And they don't produce many stinkers. No. So, no. I mean, I got to trust them. You know, and I love the material. Mm. And I guess doing a sequel makes sense. I mean, you don't really want them to go back and touch, you know, Moore's work too much. You know, and we saw what happened with Guns. You know, I wasn't a fan of, you know, what he tried to do with The Watchmen. It just didn't work. Um, I do feel like maybe like the small screen was a better place to tell that story, mm. that kind of long form storytelling once again. But I'm fine with it being a sequel, I think, and it feels like it's going to be time wise far enough removed. But yeah, I'm really just, I'm going to have to see it because I mean, visually so far, it feels like something that might be on the Sci Fi Network. <laughs> For me, it just wasn't that impressive. No, you know, in all honesty, it didn't feel that. It didn't really. I don't know. It didn't click with me. So it didn't hook me where I'm mm-hmm. like, I need to see more of this. And But once again, it was just a teaser. So, you know, we didn't get much. You know, The one character with kind of like, I don't know, like there was like, he's got like a no face whatsoever. It looks like it's supposed to be some kind of version mm, of Rorschach. Right, it was like a silver Yes, like a marble kind of face. He, that was, you know, I, I thought that was a, a pretty cool look, but... I don't know. We saw for a second. Yeah. You know, and then Don Johnson was being Don Johnson at the end. And that's pretty much it. So, but yeah, yeah. Uh, nothing too impressive. But you know what I was impressed with, Christian? What? The It trailer. We finally got the It trailer uh, for chapter two. But tell me, how is it being back in Derry? It's good. Strange. Strange? Oh, my. I had some cookies in the oven before you came. Stay right there. I shouldn't impose. I'm going to... No, 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 no. I insist. 
Your photos are lovely, Miss Kirsch. Are these your family? My father came to this country with $14 in his pocket. What did he do, Mrs. Kirsch? My father joined the circus. I was always daddy's little girl. What about you? Are you still his little girl, Beverly? Are you? Today, as we record this episode. So, um, I loved how it started off with a scene, basically. Mm -hmm. We have Beverly, you know, visiting her old house. You know, there's a kind old lady there, or so it seems. Um, and, you know, a whole lot of creepiness ensues. Um, you know, I thought that was really cool. I guess the scene is straight from the book. Um, but, you know, I thought it was well done. You know, I loved... Like, you really sat with the scene, you know, which I was like, is this just a scene, a clip from the movie, or is this a trailer? And then it goes into the trailer right mm -hmm. away. Um, everything that they did kind of, you know, in the background I thought was great with her. Um, we saw a naked old lady at one point, you know, which is probably the creepiest thing, you know, we've seen. <laughs> in... <laughs> probably creepier than anything we saw in the uh, first hit. Uh, but yeah, no, no, I, I, I mean, there was nothing in this trailer that, you know, concerned me, mm. you know, so, I mean, after that, it was basically montage kind of like yeah. stuff. The montage didn't do much for me, but I did love the scene. Oh, I got chills, man, when they, you got that fucking like, you know, just that whole sky full of red balloons coming mm. out. I thought that was pretty awesome. I, I did enjoy that. Um, and there's like one quick shot of like Pennywise floating with the balloons. I thought that was pretty fucking awesome. Um, you know, it was a good trailer overall, but yeah, you don't see tons, no. you know, you basically That's get to I see want. the kids grown up and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, it was confirmed that we are getting flashback scenes with the kids though. So they are going to be part of the movie, uh, which makes sense. So, um, I just hope we don't get a giant fucking spider at the end. I'm going to be really disappointed. If it's giant like the alien spider. Punching a giant fucking spider at the end of the movie. Spoilers. Um, so, that, because I, I, I would say this off mic, when I was 11, like I knew that was lame. I was like, this was a really scary movie until this moment, and now this sucks. So, um, I just hope they somehow like work Pennywise in the, you know, finale mm. of the, you know the movie i'm sure they'll i'm sure it'll be some crazy design oh i can't imagine what they're gonna do it's gonna be balls to the wall you know i've got to, there there's one scene where like i'm guessing it's beverly I'm, I'm sure it's probably revisiting the whole bathroom scene where she's literally like to her fucking like nose in blood so um someone was saying like it's like one of the most like you know like actual practical effect like blood wise like ever used on like screen mm. so which sounds awesome to me yeah i know you go <laughs> so uh, there's also that one scene too where uh pennywise is like peeling at his face like tearing at his face yeah pretty unnerving <laughs> unnerving stuff so, uh, but yeah, no, no, uh, that's coming in September, man. 
This is one. That's hell this year, of, right? Yeah, yeah crazy. one hell of a year for movies. <laughs> and we're, I mean, we're right in the middle of blockbuster like season. So yes, yes, man, crazy, crazy. Um, do you have any concerns for chapter two? Um, I just hope that you know all the actors really capture the kids. You know, like Shazam did it pretty damn well. Mm. And that's, a, I mean, that's a very small example of it, but I'm saying like. Those actors felt exactly like the kids in that film. It's a hard transition, mm-hmm. you know, because I really hope they do steady those performances so we feel like a connection yes. to those two characters. I agree 100%. Because you're not going to really feel a connection to that character if it there's not at least an echo mm-hmm. of, you know, their child self in the movie. So I agree 100%. You know, I mean, it's a good cast. It is a good cast. But I almost wish they went with more like no name actors or names that I weren't necessarily connected with. You yeah. know, you've got like James McAvoy in there, and to me, like right away, I see him. I think yes. Professor X. You know? <laughs> oh, okay, I was thinking more Split. Well, Split too. Mm-hmm. You know, so it is. You know, you know when you know the face so well, it's yeah. hard to like you know move away from you know past roles. So, but he's one hell of an actor, as mm. we know. You know, speaking of splits, so, I mean, he could definitely pull it off. You know, who else is in that? Bill Hader? Uh, Bill Hader. Yes. I, I mean, years of SNL, so that's my immediate go-to. Yes, but I do feel mm. that makes sense for his counterpart, you know, in the original It. So, you know, he is kind of the comedian of the bunch mm. and everything like that. So, I feel like that trans- transition will be more seamless. So, um, but yeah, no, I... Man, what hell of a year for movies. <laughs> really. Um, horror in general. So, But yeah, uh, speaking of horror. Yes. And speaking of David S. Goyer, um, we are finally going to get Pinhead back on the big screen. And I, I think I, I was talking about this throughout the year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if I wanted to see a remake of a film, I feel like Hellraiser would be the coolest one to do, especially modernize. Yes. Yes, as long as they don't pull any punches, mm-hmm. you know, as long as they go hard no. R with it. It's going to be fucked up. Yes, <laughs> yes, because this movie traumatized mm-hmm. me when I was like nine and I saw it. <laughs> really fucked me up, so they got to go for it. Um, I-, I hope they don't do too much CGI. Um, I hope it's really going to, like, you know, lean on some serious practical effects. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's been greenlit. Um, David Goyer is behind it. Um, they are looking for a you know large theatrical release. It seems like so. Um, he released a statement saying, "Yes, Pinhead is finally coming back to theaters. I've been a, a fan of Clive's work since the original Books of Blood paperbacks and uh, the Hellbound Heart uh, novel." Having the chance to reimagine Pinhead and the Cenobites uh, for a new audience is a nightmare come true. So he's a true fan, you know. Um, David Goyer's work is kind of a mixed bag, you know, (laughs) to say the least. I mean, but, you know, I love Blade 2. I obviously love The Dark Knight. So, I mean, he was behind both of those. So I don't know, man. I don't know. I wasn't a huge fan of Batman versus Superman. Martha. (laughs) Yes. So we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, 
Yeah, I'm gonna blame Snyder on the Martha bit. <laughs> Did you hear people comparing the cap the Endgame the, the spoilers if you haven't seen Endgame the whole Captain America when he's basically facing off himself saying that that was like stolen from uh, Batman vs Superman the Martha no I've not heard that where he basically he says Bucky's still alive oh to him to like distract him I was like like there's never been a distraction bit in a fight scene before. I was like, and it's still not as lame as Martha. Like, exactly. that's really grasping DC fans. You know, and I'm a DC fan, but Jesus Christ, come on. <laughs> that's just bullshit. Give me a break. <laughs> that wasn't, like, that fight scene in Endgame isn't, like, the crescendo of the film. No, you know? It isn't, no. like, this huge moment. And it's not, like... What he says to him is a big revelation. Bucky's still alive is a huge revelation. Not that there's someone else in the universe named Martha. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> like, I'm sure he's come across other people named Martha in the universe. Does he, like, bawling, crying if he gets a waitress named Martha? Yeah. You know, <laughs> he just like, curls what? up in the fetal position <laughs> and starts punching people. Um, yeah, no, no. Nice try, though. <laughs> uh. But other than that, Damon, we also have George R. R. Martin saying that he's not writing a book, but coming out with three <laughs> spinoffs for Game of Thrones officially. I guess it was buried in some kind of blog of his. Um, I guess Shocker. Yes. <laughs> but basically he was saying, hey, listen, there isn't five spinoffs, which I didn't even know that there was a rumor of, of five spinoffs. But he's like, no, there's three spinoffs and one is actually going to be in the world like in production this year mm. um and i guess he he made a joke that he'd like to call it the long night but hbo won't let him so i don't know what that means i don't know if that's a hint or a clue about the subject matter you know maybe it has to do with the white walkers or whatnot but... i mean there's a lot of crazy history to get into yes especially with them yes so but we're going to be getting three spinoffs of the game of thrones um are you surprised by this at all do you want this i'm not surprised by it but i don't need it i feel mm. like i'm hoping that that doesn't mean that they're going to leave any type of big open ending with the actual show so that they can put in tie-ins you know that makes sense like oh this character went off to this place you know yeah, stuff i could like that. see that happening at least with one of them because mm-hmm. i don't feel like they're all going to be prequels you know? I mean, yeah. do you want to see three prequels? I feel like one needs to take place after everything. I mean, it could be a much smaller, you know, story. Mm-hmm. You know, with everything that happened in, like, you know, the background. But for right now, I just need a, a nice tied up storyline. That's yeah. all I need. And it's yeah. probably hard to really judge how you feel about it until you get, mm-hmm. you know, until you get the finale, you know, mm-hmm. of the whole series. So. Um, but yeah, no. Am I going to miss the show when it's gone? Yes. But do I need, these have to be some damn good quality spinoffs for me to enjoy them, you know? If you could have one character get a spinoff, who would it be? Um, Ned Stark. Okay. The young Avenger. I mean. That makes sense. You know. I feel like that's a pretty obvious choice, mm-hmm. but like probably the most interesting story. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like the story of seeing, um, Brathian take the throne, you know? His whole rebellion and everything, like his whole war that got him the Iron Throat. Yeah. yeah you just I, see it through Ned's eyes. Story-wise, that I think that'd be the most interesting way mm-hmm. to go. You know, and we only spent so much time with Ned, so... <laughs> <laughs> it only makes sense. 
Um, but yeah, no, I, I thought that was exciting news though. So because I wasn't even aware, I was aware that there was spinoff talk, but five, I what? <laughs> That's just absurd, you know. Because three's a lot. So. Again, this is something that would have made more sense to do a spinoff, like maybe after season three or something, you know, mm-hmm. not at the end of the show, so that we can continue to make money off of it. I yeah, feel. but if they have the story, it's okay. Like, I feel like if there's a story and they... Because HBO's not just going to put out shit, mm-hmm. you know? So I trust them at this point that they've got something, you know, to base all these spinoffs. They're not just going to throw something to out there just to throw something. Well, yeah, they have the writer just writing this. Yeah, well, yeah, supposedly. Right? <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Well, speaking of Game of Thrones... Yes, it's time to head into Christian's Quarter. All right. So, David, this week we had Season 8, Episode 3, or Episode 4, sorry. Uh, I believe you actually decided to kick in and watch the episode. I did. I did. So I can chime in a little, mm-hmm. you know. I still, you know, obviously am not completely <laughs> caught up. But, you know, from what I heard that this was a pretty, like, you know, self-explanatory episode. Mm-hmm. So I felt safe to watch it. Um, and it just happened to be on when I was kind of, like, flipping through channels. And I just stuck on it. I was like, okay. You know what? I know what happened last episode mm-hmm. because I have a podcast <laughs> called The Amazing Nerd Show. So, I don't know. Um, go ahead, Christian. Um, this, this episode, we kind of get, you know, them dealing with the aftermath of the war um, with the White Walkers and then um, kind of them celebrating and everything. It's kind of a feel-good episode at first. Yeah, it starts off that way. Yeah. You know, um, you definitely have some jealousy issues with from Daenerys. You know, she sees... The people kind of rallying behind um, John because he's a war hero. That's just kind of who he is. And I'm not like caught up to speed, but I was surprised like how on the nose that was. Mm-hmm. You know, with all the side eyes and everything like that going. I was like, okay, I, I get it, but yeah, I felt like they were kind of hitting that mm-hmm. over the head a little too much. You know, like one glance would have been enough for you know us to you know. Maybe she had too much caffeine. There, you know, there was coffee <laughs> running through the veins. <laughs> How about that fuck? <laughs> they edited it out. They did. Yes. But, like, how does it even get to the script? Like, I mean, because they... I mean, I get... They've had two years, mm. like, putting together these, like, shows. Like, how did... Like, no, no one caught idea. that? No one caught it. Watch. It's so you know, someone's watched that over too. and over and over. I have I mean, no idea. Yeah, man. And, like, it went, like, viral right away. You know? Mm. Like, a, a lot of people caught it. So... <laughs> Oh well. <laughs> oh well. It's happened before, so they're not yeah. the first show to fuck up like that. <laughs> so we get the we get this moment between Daenerys and John where um, you know John's basically explaining, "I have to tell my family the secret," mm-hmm. and Daenerys says, "The only way we can continue moving forward is if you tell no one." And, and she is fucking like, "No, you're not telling anyone." Exactly. If you want this, you're not telling anyone. <laughs> um, John says he pretty much can't do that. Uh, well, he doesn't. He doesn't he, give an answer. Yes, but it's pretty certain that he's going to tell. Well, it felt like it, he was implying to her that he wasn't. To me, that's how it felt. But then, right away, like he's talking to like there's a family meeting going on, and they're basically confronting him about you know Daenerys, and mm-hmm. he's like, I have something to tell you. <laughs> like, so I was like, okay, we know where his loyalty lies. Which yes. fine, it's his family. I get it. So, um. But fucking Sansa, huh? Yeah. 
I literally I paused the show and I said just kill her at this point uh-huh. because um, of course as soon as Sansa learns of John possibly having a, like a claim to the throne, um, she immediately goes and tells Tyrion. Like it's a couple hours maybe past show time, like maybe you know because he leaves. But straight time, it's yeah. literally five minutes. It's yeah. it's ridiculous. Um, it, you know, it's just like, I mean, how did you feel about that? I felt like it was due to the fact that episode count-wise, we only have yes. three episodes It left. feels kind of rushed at this yes. point. Yes, it felt this, a little rushed. A lot of this episode feels a little bit rushed. Yeah, because uh, I felt like that would have been a bigger moment, you know, mm-hmm. and play across like a couple episodes. No, yeah, this was all set up just to get you to that final battle and what might, might happen there. Yes. Uh, especially with people's loyalties. Because, I mean, we do, after Tyrion learns about it, we do get a moment between Tyrius, Tyrion and Varys, who are, uh, this is after, so, okay. Varys um, is, you know, talking to Daenerys. Uh, Daenerys is pissed off about, you know, her dragon going down. Mm-hmm. And Melisandre, Melisandre, um, Melisandre getting captured. Now, how about that way. moment? Yeah. Speaking of which, how about that moment where, I mean, do you, did you feel like that was at all, you know, um, telegraphed? Did, um, you feel, did you see that coming? I didn't see the dragon getting killed. It was um, pretty vicious, like those giant fucking, mm-hmm. you know, spears going through the thing. I thought the dragon might have some, you know, like, ways to dodge after getting hit once. Yeah. But uh, he kind of just like, took it. How did they see them? True. <laughs> um... But, no, yeah. I mean, we get an attack by Euron, Euron Greyjoy on the yes. return trip, pretty much, to um, their home. And uh, after that, um, one of the ships goes down, and Missande uh, and the people that she was with get captured. Yes. Um, we don't know what happens to the rest of the people. Yes, but most of the main characters have survived mm-hmm. that were on the ships. Um, but yeah. So yeah. Daenerys is pretty pissed off. Yes. Reasonably so. I mean, she has killed people for less. Yes. Um, so she's out for blood. Yes. Blood. And Varys is pretty much explaining, you can't blow up the Red Keep. Mm-hmm. Um, what um, Cersei has been doing has been just bringing in all the people of the land as much as possible to make Daenerys look as bad as possible if she attacks. Yeah, because she's going to slaughter mm-hmm. a bunch of innocent people. And Cersei doesn't give a shit about that. She mm-hmm. just cares about you know, destroying people's outlook of yes. Daenerys. Yes. Because right now she's this, you know, you know, she's put on a pedestal where, mm. you know, people are, you know, looking at her. She's the freer of, you know, slaves and, you know, she's supposed to be kind of, you know, this guiding light. But if she goes in and slaughters all these innocent mm-hmm. people, yeah, her image is going to change. It's going to definitely take a hit. So, but, you know, they're basically trying to convince her otherwise yes. at this point. Because she is out for blood. Um, you know, and she feels like there's a greater good mm. at stake. But, you know, they're arguing that, no, that's not the case here. You know, that's going to affect your rule as, you know, a queen. Mm-hmm. So, which makes sense. Um, I thought the um, scene, though, um, you know, between uh, Tyrion, Tyrion and Varys. I thought that was well, well done. Yeah, I, I really did like that moment. Um, I mean, I hate the consequences that it could lead to mm-hmm. with Varys uh, deciding that he will betray her if she goes on to mm-hmm. murder everyone in the Red Keep. Uh, and 
I mean, I liked, I love Tyrion throughout this episode trying to, like, keep the fucking balance and peace as much as possible. Yes, yes. And that's what's what was great about the scene, because you could see how, like, torn he Mm -hmm. was, you know, trying to, like, you know, what, he knows what Varys is saying is true, you know, but at the same time, he's trying to, like, you know, navigate those waters and keep the peace. Mm-hmm. So And I, show some form of loyalty. Yes. He, you know, he's been so wishy-washy throughout his entire life. Yes. I think this, this was something where he had this idea of how great she could be. He found something to believe in. Mm-hmm. You know, but then, you know, when he's asked, you know, do you think Jon Snow would be th- th- a better ruler? You know, he couldn't you know basically mm-hmm. say no you know he had to agree you know without saying anything his, his silence spoke volumes yes so um yeah 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 i mean it, it definitely you know i, I want to see how it plays out you know I, you know it, it definitely feels like we're going towards you know the mad queen here mm-hmm. at this point um you know if it gets there if there isn't a betrayal you know beforehand but Bronn did have that vision in the last the something that you didn't see last season which was a big part of that trailer for the last season mm-hmm. was it's the dragon flying over King's Landing mm-hmm. so that's I mean I feel like that's just him seeing what's about to happen yeah you know, like, I feel like it's inevitable that she's going to attack especially after the scene that we get next which is pretty much um Daenerys comes face to face with Cersei. I mean, across the field, but mm-hmm. um, and you know, the Cersei has Masande um, with her and everything. Um, mountains there, and Tyrion has, to, and the other hand have to discuss uh, <laughs> who should surrender. Yes, um, I, the, I forget what the other hand's name is, but I loved what he was doing here, where he's you know straight loyalty. He's like, no. no this isn't. I mean, this she's, is what my queen told me to say. This is. She says this is your it. queen. Yes. Too. Mm-hmm. You know, and she. He's arguing with him. No, that's your queen. And he just. Tyrion basically says, "Okay, I'm going around you." <laughs> 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 this conversation's over with, and mm-hmm. he's like, "I'm going to go ahead and approach my sister and talk to her directly." And just a just a great scene too with him just pleading to her. Like I felt like he chose the wrong words. Huh. <laughs> Yes, but a fantastic mm-hmm. scene and well played. I mean, God, man. Basically tells her, you know, your reign is over. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she decides... No, that's no. not going to make Cersei... <laughs> so, uh, unfortunately, uh, Masande gets executed in this moment after yes. uh, giving one chance to say her last words, which was Dracarys basically meaning to Danny burn the place down. Yes. You know. Dragon fire. Exactly, so... Yeah, yeah. So we are definitely, you know, just heading towards mm-hmm. a huge battle. So we'll see. We'll see what happens here. What what do you have predictions, Christian? My prediction is if John does not sit on the throne by the end of the show, Arya is going to kill who's ever sitting there. And that's how the show ends. Yes. So the throne is gonna be left vacated. <laughs> if not vacated, maybe Arya's the one sitting there. Not as ruler, but as... She's saying, fuck you guys. Yeah. I'm taking over. Huh. Man. Because she's the only one with, like, direct... Her direct business right now is to go kill Cersei. Yes. That is, like, her final And we saw in this episode, Mm -hmm. she leaves with the Hound. Yeah. So, um, 
I don't know. I don't know. We know Jamie is going. He's also yes. Yes, we had we had the huge, you know, uh, relationship happen with Jamie and um, Brienne of Tarth. Yes, Brienne and it's of Tarth. immediately ended the next episode. Yes, yes, because his loyalty is always with mm-hmm. Cersei. So, um, you know, which was just a heartbreaking scene. But I mean, I loved it anyway. Yes. I loved I love Jamie's like whole moment where he's like, you know, I did this for Cersei, I did mm-hmm. this for Cersei. Yes. Showing that he isn't because you have that glimmer of hope for mm-hmm. them. And then he starts going through, you're like, oh yeah, no. <laughs> but just still heartbreaking, you know. So, um, you know, great scene. But yeah, no. I, I mean everything I saw I enjoyed, you know, and is just, you know, so well performed. Mm-hmm. I mean the performances here are just top notch across the board. So, but I just it, it does feel like they are rushing along yes, at this point. Yes, that's what I was about to say. It does feel like we're rushing towards the finish line, mm-hmm. you know, which is unfortunate. But they chose the six exactly, you know. So, like, why are we rushing? You know, if you needed seven, then take seven. Maybe they know? focus too much on the battle sequences than the actual storyline in between because they probably knew this is what's going to happen here, but now we need to get from here to here yeah you know i that's that's the only thing i can imagine because i mean they kept promising you know these are gonna be the longest episodes these are gonna be and then the biggest budgets and everything this past episode wasn't that much it was longer, still a long right? it was a longer episode it was like a minute 15 or an hour 15 yeah which i mean a normal episode is an hour i guess you tell me longer episodes i'm thinking like an hour and a half mm-hmm. two hour you know but you know, especially and, with like you know a six episode season but I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it was, I I did love the, like, jubilation of, like, the celebration at the, you know, the very beginning of the episode and everything. I did, like, you know, for me, just catching up with the characters mm-hmm. and seeing all of them interact was fun, but I haven't been watching. So, you know, I'm com- coming in completely blind, you know. Arya's scene, though, um, when What's-His-Name uh, proposes to her, I thought oh, it was fantastic, too. Yeah, um... Baratheon's bastard. Yeah, uh, I want you to be my lady. And mm-hmm. she's like, I've never been a lady, you know. So I thought that was great. So I would love to see Arya on the throne. I don't know if that's going to happen. That would, I don't see her ruling. I just see her killing whoever. Because if do you would you think people will feel cheated if no one ends up on the throne? People would feel cheated, but I feel like at that point, uh, especially because another prediction would be. Danny would have to betray John at that point to be sitting on the throne, and or Cersei had killed both of them. Or is yeah. Sansa like working the long game. So, I, if Sansa sits on the throne, by the I'm definitely <laughs> not watching any spinoffs. <laughs> I don't know. Martin's getting a letter. <laughs> <laughs> now, and they have all of his notes. They know where it, it's supposed to end. They just don't know all the full like. No, but I mean, he does help with the script. But he's helping, so... Mm -hmm. Be interesting, like, when the book does eventually come out, like, you know, how different it Mm -hmm. is from the series, you know, just the final, you know, books, so... Um, But yeah, yeah. We got two more episodes left. Two more. (laughs) Peter Dinklage needs to get all of the trophies. (laughs) So I know he has a lot of them, but Mm -hmm. he's just amazing. He is amazing. He needs to be cast in more things. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, God, his performances. Like, every scene he just steals. 
is just amazing. I don't know how he can't be like anyone's like favorite character. Like he's got to be everyone's favorite character in the show. Um, I feel like he's going to have the most tragic death. I know. I know. <laughs> it's gonna kill me. <laughs> it's gonna kill me. Yeah. So this weekend, I plan on going back and starting to watch through everything. The fact and, that he didn't get arrowed, by the way, in this this episode. Was also like I was waiting for him in to any die episode. <laughs> yeah, I know. He walks along the line of death through a lot of these, but how is he still alive? <laughs> but yeah, no, he's crafty, that's for sure. So, but yeah, Game of Thrones. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna miss it. I'm gonna definitely miss it when it's gone. But mm. apparently, we're gonna have a lot to <laughs> <laughs> a lot more Game of Thrones universe to mm. come. So. I don't know, man. <sighs> All right, Jamie. Well, I think we have some comics to talk about, especially after not covering them last week. Christian, you like podcasts. I love them. I love podcasts. Have you heard of this new PodCoin app? No, I haven't heard of it. It's available for iPhones and Androids right now. It actually pays you to listen to podcasts. Really? Yes, yes. You get digital currency for listening to your favorite podcasts. But what could I even use digital currency on? Gift cards, um, Amazon, Starbucks. I believe they even have Target. Um, You can also use that digital currency to donate to your favorite charity if you want. Wow. If you're actually a good person, unlike yourself. Well, I have to really look into this. I listen to a lot of podcasts, damn it. Me too. And I mean, you might as well get paid for it, right? Exactly. Uh, And right now, if you go ahead and use the promo code NerdShow, you get started off with 300 coins. That's a good deal. Right? Doesn't get any better than that. So I would stop doing what you're doing right now. Well, wait till the end of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) And go download PodCoin. All right. The pod player that pays. All right, Christian. So, like you said, we did not get to talk comics last week, and we have some huge event books that came out. So, we got a lot to dive into. Luckily, this week was a little lighter, so we can kind of backtrack and, you know, review what we missed. Um, First up is War of the Realms 3. Yeah, this was a fun book. Uh, I mean, it's continued to be a fun book, really. Yes. Yes. I agree 100%. Um, Jason Aaron is, like, just knocking it out of the park for me. Like, mm-hmm. if you told me, like, uh, honestly, I mean, we kind of talked about it on mic before. Like, are you excited for this? And we're both kind of like, eh. <laughs> you know? I mean, I'm just not a huge Thor guy. Mm-hmm. I really haven't been, ke- I never keep track of his solo book. Um, I know people have been singing, you know, Jason Aaron's like praises for the last couple of years. And I've loved everything that he's done in the Avengers. And that's probably what like opened me up to this book. But man, this is just everything that I want from an event book. Mm -hmm. You know, it's light, even though it's such an insane concept. (laughs) It's light enough where you can just pick it up and just enjoy it. And even though there's so much going on in the like spinoffs and everything, I feel like I'm reading this without an issue. Absolutely. And that's what you, you don't want to have Mm -hmm. to like pick up nine different tie-ins to really enjoy like the main narrative. And I feel like we're not losing anything, you know? So I 
I don't know. I don't know. It's been a really good book, and it's really been, you know, like I said, it it, it feels like a summer blockbuster. You know, there's enough going on, and mm-hmm. just panel for panel, it's just like chocolate with just, you know, action and just insanity, you know? So, um, but yeah, no, I mean, what what did you, like, what was your favorite uh, scene from this? Um, I think my overall favorite moment was when Daredevil gets Heimdall's powers mm-hmm. and he starts to see everything. Yes. It's a big revelation for him. And then we have Jane Foster joining up with them. And, you know, she's still like, just looks like regular old Jane Foster. You know, there's nothing. But a complete badass. Yes, exactly. So we get a moment with her fighting and everything. But I love all the split ups, all the different little teams going on their little missions and everything. Um, each with their own tasks. Yes, for me, it's definitely mm-hmm. the Punisher moment. Yes. <laughs> so, Punisher trying to stay in disguise incognito as an elf, you know, um, that was fantastic. So, who's with him? There's um, a Blade. Blade. It's, like, it's like, what? It's the worst people to <laughs> yes. be on a stealth <laughs> mission. <laughs> the Punisher gets into it for like a minute, like he stays in character and then just ends up blowing them away. Mm. Um, so an, an awesome scene, but yeah, um, they're basically there, right? Trying to like get the, there's like a dark Bifrost there. Yes. The, you know, the, the bridge, the mm. Bifrost is the bridge, right? That this, for some reason, Malachi, like Ma- Malachi, Malachi, Malakath, Malakath. Okay. Whatever. Malakath <laughs> has possession of where he's using that to basically transport mm. all of his army, you know, um, into all the realms. So. Um, they're trying to basically shut it down at first, um, but then the heroes um, in uh, Asgard lose the bridge. Yes. So then they realize they have to protect it at all costs because it's their only way out. So um, a nice like turn of events, you know, in the middle of the book. Um, that battle, though, um, you know, for you know their Bifrost. Um, you know, in Asgard. Mm-hmm. That was pretty awesome, too. So I did enjoy that. Um, you know, there's so much going on that you would think that, you know, the action scenes would, like the battle scenes would get confusing, but the art is great. No. You know, the art... Um, it's clean cut. Exactly. Um, and it is by Russell Doucherman. I'm destroying his name. But um, I really enjoy his artwork. You know, and it's perfect for a story like this. You know, very clear, you know, um, and just, I mean, creative, you know, battle scenes, mm-hmm. you know, where, you know, you're seeing things that you haven't necessarily seen before, you know, which is saying a lot, you know, <laughs> for for a Marvel comic book. Sure. So, um, but yeah, no, um, we also have a group of heroes um, trying to find Thor. Yes, uh, Captain America's leading a uh, bunch of people to find Thor, and we we find Thor. Yes, well, but first we get Luke Cage on a flying horse. Yes. Yes, which was just awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Luke Cage, Iron Fist, um, Spider-Man, Spider-Man um, Wolverine. So, and they're all still like in shock that Wolverine's not dead. Mm-hmm. So you've got that dialogue going on. Um, they're all on flying horses. Um, Luke Cage is not happy about it at all, but yes, and they're hearing these like cries and they're like finding all these corpses of frost giants and there's like literally like a river of blood, Mm -hmm. you know, flowing through the land and they're trying to figure out what the fuck's going on and, you know, then they come upon 
a a berserker raged Thor on a mountain of fucking giants, um, just screaming. And Wolverine's like, "Oh no, that's berserker rage right there," you know. So, um, just a great panel, a fantastic panel. No, that was so, a great way to end it. Yes, yes. So you know, Thor has re-entered the game at this point. You know, I don't know what kind of state he's in, but it should be fun. So I really am. Like I said, I, if you told me before this book started that I would be enjoying this much, I would call you a goddamn liar. But I, I really love this book at this point. So, um, but yeah, yeah. What, uh, what do we have next? Uh, next up, we have Savage Avengers number one, a new series for us to check out. Yes. So on paper. <laughs> You look at this cover and you're like, holy shit. Mm -hmm. Like you got Conan the Barbarian, Wolverine, Venom, Punisher, uh, Dr. Voodoo, right? or Brother Voodoo. Yeah. I just call him Doctor for some reason. Uh, who else is in there? Am I missing anyone? I think you've got, we're probably missing someone. But yeah. Oh, Electra. Electra, right? Just killers. Mm -hmm. You have just <laughs> a team full of killers. And you would be thinking that you're going to get basically a scene like we just talked about, you know. Um, we do get, like, some promising panels where we get, like, you know, the first meeting of Wolverine and Conan. The first meeting that I know of, at least. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in continuity of these two. And I just felt all the battle scenes and fight scenes really lackluster. And for a book with these characters mm -hmm. and, you know, to be called Savage Avengers, it was a little disappointing. It felt like a lot of the art in general was lackluster. Yes, I agree. And I am actually a fan of uh, my D Dido, uh, but it just felt rushed. Um, a lot of the art felt murky, which it's not usually his style. So I was really surprised by that. Like, I couldn't really even make out faces at mm -hmm. times. So, and it just... It felt like this book was like PG-13 when it needed to be like a hard R. No, I can see that. You know, to put it in like cinematic terms. So I needed that battle between Wolverine and Conan to last the entire issue. That, that should have just been the first fucking issue. And it should have just been bloody as all hell. Um, but yeah, so you basically have a story of the Hand trying to conjure Sunbeam um, in the Savage Land. Mm -hmm. Conan's there because of the events of the last Avengers story. Um, I'm trying to think of the name of the... Uh, no Road Home. No Road Home. Um, and basically, you know, he's there and just trying to live. He's searching for treasure, you know, because I guess that's what barbarians do. I guess. <laughs> he that runs, was pirates, but whatever. Yes, he runs into Wolverine, who's on the search for the hand. Um, they have Brother Voodoo at this point. So, and they're just sacrificing powerful beings um, into this void to summon this character. And um, they battle, and then they basically share a beer. Right? <laughs> That's pretty much what yeah, happens. Yeah, he, uh, he appreciates, you know, his ability to survive and be a warrior. And that would have been a cool scene. It was a cool scene if there was just a bigger battle. Yeah. And I guess I was just really let down by that battle, so... Um, but yeah, I don't know. We didn't really, we, we do get um, a scene where they show us going, it shows them going after the Punisher, um, you know, because he's got such a huge kill count, you know, so they're going for these, you know, these 
great beings, yes. you know, in their eyes. Um, and it's not just the hands who are doing these sacrifices. It looks like maybe some of the wizards from Conan's world, maybe, sure. possibly, <laughs> are part of this. But uh, the book ends, too, with us seeing Brother Voodoo actually get sacrificed. Um, at least that we're, mm. that's what we're led to believe. Um, but yeah, no. It just didn't do much for me. No. Um, it was. It felt kind of like all over the place. Yeah, I felt a little disappointing. So um, I'm not sure if I would want to pick up a second one. Yeah. I'll pick it up just to see how it plays out. I want to see at least all the other characters mm-hmm. kind of interact, but... Yeah, yeah. I don't have high hopes that I once did for this book. So, you know, which is too bad. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, what do we have next? Uh, Well, we're jumping over to DC with Deceased, number one. All right, Christian, what the hell was this book about? Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, We're a zombie apocalypse, pretty much, in the DC universe. But it's like a techno virus that's like, Somehow spreading throughout. Okay, let's start from the beginning. So we have um, Apocalypse. Um, well, you have the heroes fighting this great battle against Dark Side yes. forces. They've invaded Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, so this great battle that we <laughs> don't get to see. No, uh, Dark Side pretty much says, "I got what I wanted anyway," and leaves. And the team's like, "Well, what could he have possibly really wanted here?" Yes. And then they realize Cyborg is missing. Yes. Um, we go back to Apocalypse, and Cyborg has been like strapped to a ch- table, and um, pretty much they explain, you know, you have a part of the anti-life equation in you, and we need to extract that to get the qu- equation and change it. Quick question. Yes. Why couldn't they just kidnap Cyborg from the get-go? Why did they have to have this huge battle? Who knows? <laughs> Where this even is in the DC continuity? I don't... Yes, that's another question. I don't know. I don't know if this is supposed to be a standalone story. I'm not sure. Um, But that's fine. I don't need... (laughs) Continuity can get in the way of a good story. So I'm fine with that. You know, DC doesn't worry too much. Yes, it can get in the way of a good story. Yes. But, um... (laughs) (laughs) They they do end up taking the equation out of a wise-cracking cyborg... And who felt out of character yeah. to me. I mean, this felt like the cyborg from, like, Titans Go. Mm-hmm. You know, not <laughs> the cyborg that we get in the books. So, um, you know, but whatever. That's fine. Uh, they change the equation, and it just completely turns... Into uh, a virus. virus, and spreads itself. Yes. Um, and then basically becomes, like, a social commentary about screen time. I guess. <laughs> Because basically anyone who is on a screen mm-hmm. and, you know, it goes viral and they, you know, see this equation becomes this, you know, crazed zombie-like creature. And there's some cool moments where, like, heroes are ripping their own faces off. Yes, yes. But you know what? The art, I felt, once again, didn't, didn't help. help. Yes. Um, especially because there's definitely two artists on this book. Um, and I don't have the names in front of me, but when they're on Apocalypse, especially, I did not like the art. I thought it kind of got in the way of the story. Um, for me, at least, it was almost, it was very cartoony, mm-hmm. um, which I didn't appreciate at all, where I felt like art, like, for a story like this needs to be tighter, it needs to be more, I don't know, almost dirty. 
Um, so I, I, I don't, I'm. And it's it's the artist, uh, one of the artists for The Walking Dead, and uh, another one is for Legends of the Dark Knights. Okay. Yeah. No, I was not a huge fan, at least of the Apocalypse scene. Mm-hmm. But um, it, you know, and the just the face here that you know when you hear that that sounds you know awesome, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it was almost hard to tell what the hell was going on and, like, you know, how much of the face they're tearing, you know, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like, how graphic are we really getting? <laughs> and maybe that was part of it. Like, they didn't want to get, like, you know, they didn't want to go that hard R again. So, um, but yeah, no, I just, it was okay. I, I will pick up the second issue of this just to see how it plays out. But it feels like such a, like, you know, standalone story. I don't know if it really matters if there's yeah. much weight to the story. So, which makes me less excited. Like, I love all the covers that they were doing for this book. Like, leading up, there's tons of variants, and they're all, like, horror-like themes, you know? There's spoofs of, like, horror movie posters mm-hmm. and shit. Um, you know, so I really dug those. So I, I kind of got high hopes, like, knowing nothing about the actual story. <laughs> I'm such a 90s kid, Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, no, hey. It was okay. <laughs> it was it was okay. It's I feel like it will it'll probably exist in the same realm as how White Knight existed. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like going to be super important to us. Yeah, and which is fine as the story's good. Mm-hmm. It's just I, I don't think there's enough hook for me. You know, story wise. You know, and once again, it felt like oh, okay, I know where we're going. Mm-hmm. Guess who wrote it? Um, Tom Taylor. Tom Taylor. Who did what, Christian? Uh, remind me. X-Men Red. Ah. Uh-huh. Ah. Uh-huh. See? <laughs> and I was... I loved the book <laughs> at the beginning, but they became so heavy-handed with yes. the social commentary. And just not... It wasn't well done. It was too on the nose. Like, I liked the message. I just didn't like how we got there. And I feel like this is going to be kind of more of the same thing. You know? Um, it was like, okay, I get it. Like, right off the bat. I, I get what you're trying to say. They're going to reboot but we're gonna do this for and six... Cyborg's going to clean the internet for them. Yes. Yes. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. Yes. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> we'll see, though. We'll see. So, I mean, I love, a lot of people love Tom Taylor. A lot of people do. And I enjoyed X-Men Red for the first, like, six issues, but... I don't know. They were going somewhere, and then they... When they were literally fighting uh, Cassandra Nova, like, you know, with, like, a peace circle. Oh, yes. While holding hands. I was like, I need to see someone punch someone. <laughs> I don't need Gambit holding someone's hand. Like, that's not how you <laughs> defeat a villain. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They were gathering everyone's psychic strength. Oh, my God. Past the peace pipe. I felt like someone was going like, to pull out like a hacky sack or something like that. No. Like some ultimate frizz. The only thing that killed me about that book was just like the, like literally, they have a hero that just spends all of her time deleting internet trolls comments. Such a plot About device. mutants. That's <laughs> horrible. Which is, which is almost like one-sided to like any of their arguments as well. It's like, oh, we're, we're controlling the image. Well, what, she's horrible at her job. Yeah, that too. <laughs> The world still hates you. Yes, and the internet's awful. <laughs> so you're really bad at your superpower. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, yes. But anyway. Okay. Uh, so next up, what do we have, Chris? DC's Year of the Villain. Kind of like tying up 
all of what they've been doing with the current storylines. And setting the stage yes. for, you know, where we're going with those storylines. Um, yeah. Yeah, I I dug this. I thought this was a pretty cool concept. Um, we basically start off in the White House. Amanda Waller is walking to a meeting with the president. And she go goes ahead, enters the Oval Office, and uh, the Legion of Doom is sitting there. Yeah. Yes, basically telling her they're about to kill the president. And they do. <laughs> Lex Luthor becomes the world's most wanted man. He heads he back to his, you know, his building and, you know, it's basically surrounded. Um, Brainiac's there with him, which was, you know, a revelation to me. I did not know that Brainiac was back in, yes. you know, the storyline. I oh, think yeah. Didn't he die? He died, in, um... yes. Yes, so I don't know no what justice. version of um, Brainiac this mm-hmm. is. So we kind of stopped reading Justice League. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, you know, Lex basically tells Brainiac his plan, as all good villains mm-hmm. do, you know, do. And then he kills himself as Captain Adam, you know, shows up at his front door. I'm about to take him out. Um, you know, so uh, a huge scene. But then, you know, he basically sets up where he is going to be giving the villains everything that they want. He has a plan for every villain. You know, Brainiac, he hears his plan, you know, is amazed by it. You know, and that's saying a lot. Mm -hmm. Brainiac's impressed with their planning. So, um, you know, and then we're kind of moving then, you know, on to other parts of the DC Universe. You know, there's a scene where we're in the Batcave mm-hmm. and Damien is talking to Batman basically about a hunch he has that he, he's got a gut feeling that he can't get rid of. His detective, like, intuition um, is telling him that Leviathan is really the Red Hood. Yes. And he needs Batman to talk him out of it. Which makes me now have to read Detective Comics to understand what's going on. <laughs> yes, because I know nothing <laughs> of Leviathan. So, but everything that's going on, um, you have the Justice League basically saving a whole, like, species mm-hmm. who's, like, on this, like, suicide quest um, led by one priest. They're about to, you know, slam into um, the source wall, um, you know, and they're talking about, you know, like, how desperate mm-hmm. the time it is, you know, for the DC Universe. And this is, this is all going on while the Justice League are off-world. Um, dealing with another struggle. I think there was something going on in the main Justice League book that um, Martian Manhunter was leading at the time. Mm-hmm. So that's why, you know, he's even able to get into the White House and attack yes. and everything. Yes, yes. So, um, I thought it was a really cool setup. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, I like he- that we got to see, like, all the villain teams that he's going to be able to help. Like, we saw, you know, he's going to help Bane. He's going to help... Um, the man who laughs, they just kept showing more and more villains that are in this world. And there's going to be a lot of different tie-ins mm-hmm. with Lex kind of popping up and offering these villains, like, basically a deal. Like, you know, basically offering them anything that they want and, you know, helping them defeat, you know, their arch nemesis, um, you know, for his plan, basically. Yes. So, um do you think this is all still in his goal of becoming that perfect Lex world? Yes, absolutely. I feel mm-hmm. like it all ties together. So um, I have no idea where this is going now. So it's, <laughs> it's, I think it's supposed to be like a year-long event. Mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, they're playing the long game a mm, lot, DC, Jesus Christ. Has this reignited your interest at all back into, what, like, Justice League and everything? Um, I'll try to follow the Year of the Villain books, because there's a bunch of Mm tie-ins, and see where that leads me. If that leads me back to the Justice League, fine. Um, I liked everything Snyder was doing, especially with, like, the Legion of Doom. It's just, you know... The amount of exposition in those books just killed me. <laughs> Absolutely killed me. Understandable. You know, so it was it was a difficult read at times. So and I really think it took away from the story, you know, and all the themes he was trying to cram into it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just too much. It was overwhelming. So it was too. It was it was like too much story for him almost. That, but it also felt like like super whimsical, like. We're getting every each story was like based off one hero, and that hero would magically have a super weapon that would be able to kill a massive villain. We're going you know. back to metal again, aren't we? Not to metal, <laughs> but you know, drowned and every, like they all had that same theme. Oh, I forgot about drowned. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But then he would spend like four pages explaining exactly what they're going to yes. do, and then we get like five more pages with them doing exactly what mm-hmm. they just explained. Like, it was just, it was like, okay, we get it, you know? It just feels like he's more, I don't know, tailored for those kind of smaller stories. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, one of my f- favorite Batman, you know, storytellers of all time. You know, uh, you know, he's up there. He's at least top three writers for me with Batman as mm-hmm. a character. So, um, but... Yeah, I, so I was greatly disappointed with Metal and, you know, most of his Justice League run. Um, but, like, the books that just featured the Legion of Doom, though, were just money. Like, I loved all of those books. Like, I was always getting close to, like, giving up and then mm-hmm. there'd be, a, like, a Legion of Doom book and it was just like, okay, I, I, I'm, I'm back on board. No, like, that Joker one is a must-buy. Yes. Oh, absolutely. That's. It, it, I feel like that's like, that's one of my favorite Joker stories of all time. You know, and that's saying a lot. So that was a great Joker story. So, but yeah, you know, so I'll I'll pick and choose, and I'll see how it piques my interest, and if it if it sticks. You know, I like you know what we've set up here at least. Mm-hmm. You know, um, at the end of the book, we have some weird cosmic entity that's supposed to be kind of like entangled in doom or like thrives off of doom has been unchained basically by everything that Lex is like set forth into the world, into the universe. Um, but then we also see that she has Lex. Yeah. She like has a like a pod version. Maybe like Lex. a new body. Of so this? Lex is dead, which no. I could have told you without that mm-hmm. panel. <laughs> He'll be back. So, comics, right? Uh, but yeah, so I don't know. I, I thought it was enjoyable. Though. Mm-hmm. I thought it was an entertaining read, and I re- I thought it did a good job of setting the table for you know the story to come. No, it's a good anchoring point for those who may not have been reading every book going on at the time, like seeing all the villains, see where they're heading. You know? Yes, absolutely. All right, well, that's going to do it for comics this week. Yes. On to wrestling. Yes, Damon's favorite segment. Yes, Damon hates wrestling. <laughs> hey guys, this is Scott, Albert, and Mark from the Two and a Half Amigos. We're just hanging out talking about random thoughts, stolen gold medals, box office nightmares, and today's blunders. If these are topics that you would listen to, check us out at twoandahalfamigos.com. To Raw! This is not Friends, okay? 
the wild card rule is three members of SmackDown could be invited to Raw, three members of SmackDown could be invited to SmackDown. You understand what I'm trying to say. Damon hates wrestling! Ding, ding! Alright, so Christian, if there was any week that I could say I hate wrestling and mean it, it's, it's this week. <laughs> now, Christian, why can I say I hate wrestling? Because you actually love wrestling. I with a love passion. wrestling with a passion. I hate shitty wrestling, though. <laughs> and this week was full of shitty fucking wrestling. It was mostly booking. Match wise, it was a fine. But booking wise, it was a disgrace. Raw was painful. Now, we've had some of the lowest rated Raws of all time, you know, leading up to this week. Apparently, the networks are starting to panic. Um, you know, because for a while we're like, well, Vince just doesn't give a shit. He's got TV money. He's got Saudi money. Mm -hmm. um, but now the networks care. And they must have gotten to McMahon because, you know, he has reacted to the ratings. Which is, I'm glad that they're reacting, but just not in this way. So they introduced this week. The wild card rule. Dude, what is the wild card rule? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have no fucking idea. So we start off the show with Roman Reigns showing up because he has unfinished business. And they're kind of teasing this social media wise mm -hmm. over the weekend. Roman saying, I'm going to show up to Raw. And WWE said, no, you're not. And then Roman said, cue my music. You know, <laughs> when I show up. Yeah, I, whatever. <sighs> and right away, I was like, oh, okay, well, they, they're they worried now that Roman's off a of Raw, you know, that that's the reason why the ratings, you know. Sure, is sure, that's the, the reason. Yes. So, um, yeah, so they, they brought Roman out, which I wasn't surprised by. But then everyone shows up. Kofi shows up. Daniel Bryan shows up. And you've got a confused old man in the middle of the ring. And I mean, he just, Vince cannot be given a live mic anymore. Trying to convey the idea of the wild card to the audience. And he's just all over the place. Like he wasn't coherent. You know, so he said, I've got an idea. And then he goes on and he just rambles and rambles and like, for, for some reason, he wants everyone else to stay to scripts, but he doesn't have to. Like, that's what it feels like. Like, I can just go ahead and go off the cuff. Well, he can't anymore. Um, and just, it just, he doesn't belong on camera anymore, you know, or even at the grill position, I'll argue. So what we were introduced with was the idea that any three superstars can cross over any week to either of the shows. So you can have three superstars from SmackDown on Raw, or you can have three superstars from Raw on SmackDown. That's what we're led to believe. Yes. So we got set up with the match between Daniel Bryan and Kofi. Um, what was buried in all this was Daniel Bryan's back. Yes. Which is awesome news because we were all pretty concerned for a while. Um, you know, so we basically have a rematch from WrestleMania, main eventing Raw. Yes. You know, which is great. Awesome. Well, Fine. I'll take smackdown it. Smackdown talent. But yes. yes, it's Smackdown talent, but 
apparently they felt like they didn't have enough on Raw. Uh, but yeah, so, but then throughout the night, we have all of a sudden Shane shows up with Elias, interfering in Roman's match, costing him the match um, against Drew. And I would actually argue that the match between Drew and Roman was actually better than the Mania match. Um, so it was kind of unfortunate that you had, you mm-hmm. know, Elias and Shane show up. But, so that, that's how many wrestlers, Christian, that's at that point? Four? Four, four I guess five. four technically, if you're not counting Shane, because Shane <laughs> technically can cross over, because mm-hmm. he's management, but whatever. Um, but then you have Lars Sullivan show up. And he just takes out everyone, you know. It's, uh, what's his fucking, No Way Jose. Yes. And it's goddamn conga line, which is still <laughs> happening for some reason. Uh, yes, he destroys everyone. Uh, McMahon's on the phone, uh, basically basking in the glory of his decision and, you know, the wild card. And then he's explained that there it's three. And then Lars comes in and stares at him and said, no, four. And, you know, does his cartoonish gulp that he does, the big, you know, mm. Tom and Jerry gulp, you know. Um... So I don't know. I don't know if it's three. I don't know if it's four. I don't know if it's really five. I have no clue. It's I don't know how they they're how they're choosing. <laughs> um, but we find we find out that basically the brands wanted the brand uh, not the brands. I'm sorry. The network wanted the brand extension to end. So behind the scenes, the network was saying we don't want the brand extension anymore. We want access, like because Fox and USA are two separate networks. We want your biggest stars on our show. Like, we want AJ Styles here every week. We want Roman Reigns here every week. We want Daniel Bryan every week. Which makes sense. Now, what doesn't make sense is how this wasn't negotiated (laughs) in the first place. Like, how was this... How were they kept in the dark that this wasn't going to happen? You know? Because once the USA found out that, oh, Roman's leaving... And he's not going to be on the show. He's not going to be featured on the show every week. They're probably like, wait a second. You just took your main star mm. off of our show, uh, off of our network, um, and then seeing these ratings. So I'm sure they panicked. Um, yeah, so, but Vince didn't want to end the brand extension. I don't know why, because this basically ends the fucking mm. brand extension. Because it's just going to be chaos. And the, the brands are going to mean nothing now. Absolutely nothing. I mean, you already have Becky crossing over between both shows with the belt. And I, I can deal with that because it's storyline-wise. Mm. It actually makes sense. Um, but now anyone could show up at any time. You know, and then it's going to get to the point where it's not going to be a three-rule, it's going to be a four-rule, and then everyone's just going to forget to count. Um, so whatever. I mean, the matches themselves were fine this week. Um, it was a good match between Kofi and Daniel Bryan. I was happy that Kofi won. I think it kind of solidified him. Like, this week really solidified Kofi as the champion. On SmackDown, you got him in a match because of the wildcard rule. AJ Styles showed up and Sami Zayn, you know, who escaped getting thrown into a dumpster. Um, Yes, yes, he got thrown in a dumpster by Braun Strowman and actually thrown in a garbage truck. You know, he should be dead, but apparently he made it out (laughs) alive and he showed up on SmackDown. Um, to tell us how much we suck. Yes, yes. Which I'm fine with. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've enjoyed his promos, but yes. And I love that he was getting an actual title shot. He got a title shot. Um, we had a triple threat match between AJ Styles, Sami Zayn, and Kofi Kingston. 
some good wrestling. Mm-hmm. It was a good match. It, it was obvious that Kofi was going to win. Um, you had Kevin Owens interfere at one point. So it, it was a good match. But once again, that brand extension, it's dead. It's over. It's just over. So um, we, um, what else are we getting? Oh, God. The show itself, though, like the promo, like not the promos, but the little just like, okay, so the revival, Mm -hmm. they're fucking burying the revival. Like if I tell you, oh, there's a program right now between the revival and the Usos, you're going to get excited. Yeah. What we're getting is sophomore humor at its lowest um yeah, you, you have about that as yes well. yes um so this week you know last week they caught the revival shaving each other's mm-hmm. backs this week they replaced the revivals icy hot with oozy hot wherever the fuck that is <laughs> so in the middle of the ma- they're about to face off against anderson and gallows mm-hmm. which is like okay the revival against you know the bullet club awesome uh, then the Usos come out and they're playing coy and everything like that. Like actually, like they found a way to make me hate the Usos. It's not <laughs> their fault, but I was like, oh god, I hate everything about this angle. Uh, just, just so unfunny. They they tell the revival that they replaced their icy hot with oozy hot, you know, and then the revival try to fucking you know it's sweat activated play, as yes. well. Yes. So it doesn't show up until a yes, certain I've time. I've seen this in some 80s sitcom at uh-huh. some point, you know. <laughs> um, they start rolling around the ground and everything. And, you know, the Usos offer them water. And then they pour it on themselves. And they're like, you know, they're feel, they're, they're acting like they're feeling better. They're like, wait, no, you're not supposed to pour it on. You're supposed to drink it. So then they, you know, run off stage. Just bad humor. The kind of shit that McMahon just gets off on mm-hmm. and is... And it's it's clearly designed to bury the revival just because of, you know, their whole contract situation and everything like that. Instead of getting stellar wrestling matches between two great teams, we're getting fucking shit like this. So just incredibly disappointing, but not surprising. Not surprising at all. Um, Money in the Bank is completely losing momentum, you know, because of this development. Mm-hmm. Um, it was definitely just, you know... Not even a second thought, you know, this week. It really was. It was and just you, in the background. Like, oh, yeah, there's a pay-per-view coming up in a couple of weeks. Did they even do, like, the typical, like, oh, we'll put people in the tag teams if I have a face-off? They didn't. This has been such a lazy, booked Money in the Bank match. Like, they just randomly, like, last week they randomly announced mm. who was going to be in the in the match. You know, usually you have to earn your spot somehow. Um it's just completely random. No, I mean, they didn't. They didn't. I mean, they had some, they, um, I think they realized how stupid it was to have Ricochet named in the Money in the Bank match. And then, like, after he lost to Bobby Roode, um, and then, like, Bobby Roode wasn't even on the show last week, you know, after having this big victory. Robert Roode. Yes, oh, I'm sorry. That's right. He is Robert Roode now. <laughs> um, it, it's just insane. It's insane. It's a mess. It's a mess. Um, I will say I did. They're making some different style choices in shooting their like backstage promos. I did enjoy those. Um, I Kofi's getting a lot more comfortable on the mic. I feel like 
Um, but they're That's doing, good. they're a lot more intense, some of the promos. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel Bryan had one. They're doing a lot of, like, look straight into the camera. Um, you know, it's just a different style choice. It, it's noticeable if you've been watching the product for a long time. Like, oh, wow. Because usually, typically, the wrestlers are never supposed to look into the camera in McMahon's world. Like, they're always looking off to the side and everything like that. It really just kind of, like, leads itself into, like, this different level you know, just style-wise, that was noticeable, but refreshing in a weird way. But if it's surrounded by shit, it doesn't really help <laughs> the product. Um, we AJ's still acting a lot more heelish. You know, he accidentally, once again, quote-unquote, um, elbowed Seth in the mouth mm-hmm. during their match. And then instead of even trying to apologize, he just walked out of the match. So... Um, you know, I'm hoping that actually leads to a full heel turn for AJ. So I'm enjoying that. But then he was on SmackDown acting like a face again. So it's a little weird. Because <laughs> there's no continuity anymore in WWE. No. Um, but well, yeah. Yeah, on SmackDown then he was there because it was the house that he built. Yes. Correct? Yes. Um, and yeah, he wanted a title shot. So I, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. You know, I mean, it really is just, it shows how desperate they are right now. And it is frustrating as a fan. Mm -hmm. That you would think that, you know, one of the reasons why so many fans are turned off by the product right now is because of that lack of storytelling. That lack of a through line, you know, continuity wise. So they decide to try to fix it with even less continuity, you know, and just more chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, another bright spot in the show, though, was the Firefly Funhouse. I don't know if you saw it. Yes, I did see that. Yes, so I enjoyed that quite a bit. God, um, you know, the, a rambling <laughs> rabbit met his demise. Mm-hmm. He was torn apart by the buzzard. Um, and then uh, the terrified-looking children... You know, on the, you know, surrounding Bray at the end was just... During what, like, like, time, I think he was calling it? Yes, yes. Either way, I, I want to know how, like, the heel hurt thing is going to come into play when he's doing matches. Like, I don't know. Like, I there's got to be some type of element behind that. I have no idea. And I'm still, like, you know, these vignettes are great. Mm-hmm. But I want to know how it's going to translate into the ring. So, like, how what's his character going to be like, you exactly. know, when he's facing someone, so... So, I, you know, and like how many more of these are we going to get? Um, we did get new tag champs on SmackDown, uh, which is Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan. Um, Shane McMahon was just going to hand them the belts. Um, but then the Uso showed up without the Usiha um, and challenged them because wild card rules. So. <laughs> sure. So, yeah, yeah. The brand split is dead. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Whether McMahon wants to admit it or not, the brand split is dead. They just need to consolidate all the belts now and just get over it. It is what it is, you know. I, I really didn't think it was long for the world anyway with, you know, f- them moving to Fox. No, yeah, it was day. inevitable, but still, it's just like, why have the whole roster no. split up at this point? Why, why not just decide, hey... We're going to put everything together. And I was predicting this last year when they went ahead and started doing the co-branded pay-per-views mm-hmm. again. I was saying, you know... That was my fear last so year. so muddled, you know, watered down and muddy that it, it it's going to kill the brand split. And it basically has. Yeah. So, um, 
yeah the novelty of seeing all these like oh we well we haven't seen this matchup in a while it's gone that's that's completely gone um there was you know we don't have it on our agenda right now uh dean is going to be doing a wwe film yes so that was announced this week um some mixed martial art uh movies either way it makes me feel like he's going to show back up yes he's gonna be back yeah, he's still in business with them. So I don't think it was something, I don't know, maybe it was something that was in the can already, but he's got some kind of working agreement with them, you know. So, and that's what we've been speculating mm-hmm. this entire time. No one gets that kind of send off without a reason. So, all right, man, let's stop talking WWE, <laughs> you know, for my sanity. Yes. Um, what happened outside? Of the WWE sphere. Well, um, Chris Jericho just, you know, working all shows this year. Yeah. <laughs> um, he is going to be going to Dominion and challenging for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Yes. Most likely against Okada because he's the current holder. Yes. I doubt anything's going to happen at Super Junior with him I, and everything. I don't think so. I mean, he interrupts Okada's victory speech um, mm-hmm. at the end of the show. Um, a huge surprise. Um, Okada just recently got that belt. I don't see yeah, like what like you were saying. I don't see anything changing that, and that that feels like the fresh matchup yes. that everyone wants to see, and it's a huge matchup that you know is definitely worthy of Dominion. So, but I have liked. Um, I don't know what happened at Wrestling John Taku, mm-hmm. but it was interesting. Like all the conversation that because uh, I guess they were having like a mini rivalry between Sonata and um, Okada. It was a fantastic match. I actually caught a lot of highlights okay. from it, so it was, it was a really good match. I caught maybe three quarters of the match total, um, but yeah, he Sonata's definitely going mm-hmm. to that next level at this. It point. sounds like they're behind him a lot right they now. They are. As well. They are. Um, but it feels like he still has another tier to get mm-hmm. to. So I think it's something that they'll revisit. But it feels like this is kind of the closure of that chapter for now. You know, mm-hmm. so. Um, I liked everything, like the promo that Okada, you know, did where he talked about, you know, having, you know, a, a challenger his own, you know, age, like a fresh rival, mm-hmm. you know, that feels like he's appeared to him in the ring and someone that he'll kind of grow with, um, you know, um, just skill wise. So I, I thought that was nice and we really thought it did a well, like great job of putting over Sonata. So, um, but yeah, no, it. I didn't catch the rest of the show, though, so um, I need to go back and watch it, though, because mm-hmm. I need some New Japan in my life <laughs> after the shit the WWE's been giving me recently. Fair enough, fair enough. So, uh, but what else did we have? Oh, well, we had a huge story come about, um, and actually it was just, you know, well, heavily, you know, rumored today that next Wednesday we are going to be getting the actual announcement mm-hmm. from... AEW on their new network. Um, That's going to be announced at the uh, Turner, um, the Warner Brothers uh, Summit or something, which is at Madison Square Garden, which is funny enough. But uh, they are going to be announcing that uh, AEW is now going to be a primetime show on TNT. So Monday Night War is all over. Um, they're not going to be going head no. to head against them, um, but I do feel like at this point the WWE's ratings are mm-hmm. so low. I wouldn't be surprised if they start to catch them at some point. 
They, they, sh- they should at least surpass TNA. Oh, Jesus, yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I have no idea what TNA is clearing at this point. No, but I hear the product's much better. Mm. And I do need to, I, I guess Don Callis has really turned it around. And it's something that I want to catch. I just don't have the time at this point. So, um, but I'll eventually get there, hopefully. Uh, what else did we get? Anything other? Any other big news? Um, other than Jerry Lynn being the new talent coach at AEW. Which, I mean, completely underrated mm. worker. So he does not get enough praise. Um, you know, and I feel like that's a great fit for him. But um, what what does that job entail? I have no idea. Because you're telling me, like, is that he's going to be working with, like, the younger talent or something? I'm, I'm assuming he's just going to be helping train people, but... I didn't know that they're going to be actively training people. I have no idea. Um, Are they going to have, like, an NXT system going on? That would be cool, but I doubt it. Huh. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, but that's pretty much it, um, wrestling-wise, mm-hmm. this week, so... Pretty shitty week for wrestling, you know, <laughs> at least in the WWE world. So, but at least we got big things on the horizon from AEW. So that's exciting. And hopefully it's just, you know, once again, the whole wrestling community will benefit from it. Yes. Especially, you know, WWE needs competition at this point, you know, so. Competition drives quality. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Dear God, I hope so. Well, that's going to do it for this week, Christian. Yes. But before we move on, we got some shows that we want to shout out because we think you should be listening to them. Uh, first up, we got Cheers to Comics. Um, they are a fantastic comic book podcast. If you like hearing people talk about comic books, um, check them out. And they're on all your favorite um, podcast platforms. Next up, we have You Are All Alone. Um, a great science fiction fantasy podcast. Um, great storytelling. Uh, go ahead and seek them out. It's definitely a unique podcast, um, but I really dug, and it's something that you will binge once you, um, you know, take your first listen. So, uh, and they are available on iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, next is actually a podcast that's part of the DCP Network, uh, Cinemark's podcast. Uh, Mark's first cinema and television. Troy is joined by weekly guests to discuss all things nerdy in film and TV. So go ahead and give them a listen. Last but not least, uh, we have the NRI Women Podcast. Two close friends of Indian origin with passion for interesting stories and experiences of brave, phenomenal women. And you can go ahead and check them out also on all your favorite platforms. Yes. So, but also while you're checking out all those great podcasts and checking us out, you should check out the DCP Network. Yes, that's where you can find tons of great podcasts. Make sure that you're checking them out. That's us, that's Cinemarks, and plenty of more. Definitely go on the website. That's dramacityproductions.com. You can find us all on there. Nice, cool little website to scroll through. That's right. Um, Beyond that, I mean, you can... Check us out on all your favorite platforms. I mean, we're on everything at this point, right, David? Yes, everything. So wherever <laughs> you like to listen to podcasts, go ahead and find us there. Um, and while you're there, go ahead and give us a five-star review, please, if you like please. what you're hearing. Um, we live off of those reviews. Um, and hit subscribe. So, um, and you know what? One of my new favorite platforms is PodCoin. 
It's a podcast platform that actually pays you to listen, Christian. And right now, when you go ahead and download the app, if you type in Nerd Show, you get 300 coins. Coins, you might ask? Yes, Christian, coins. Because you can use these coins towards gift cards to places like Amazon, Target, and others. So go ahead and download that app. And they have every podcast unmanageable. Damn, if I don't want to use that digital currency on myself, can I use it for other things? Yes, Christian, you can. You can go ahead and you can give to your favorite charity. Oh man, that's awesome. Yeah, you're going to keep it for yourself though, you great <laughs> bastard. I don't know who the fuck you're fooling, Christian. I know, right? I mean, I'm so greedy that I might even want our fans to, you know, pick up a t-shirt. That's right. You can go ahead and head over to Tee Public and get yourself a shirt. Or any nerd swag for that matter. Exactly. We got hoodies. We've got mouse pads. We've got bandanas, yeah. pillows. <laughs> Banners. Banners, yes. Uh, you can get all that shit with our name on it. Mm. And it goes to a great cause. Us. <laughs> <laughs> So go ahead and check out Tee Public, and they always have great deals and phenomenal artists mm. over there. So, um, but yeah, uh, what else do we have, Christian? Damon, I almost forgot. I'm going to Asa next weekend. That's right. I forgot about that. So, uh, are you bringing the title with you? Hell yeah, I'm bringing the title with me. All right. So cosplayers, if you see Christian walking around with the amazing nerd title, uh, he might have you pose with it if he actually likes how you're dressed. Yes, and you'll end up on our Instagram if so. Yes, yes. <laughs> and Facebook. I do post on Facebook mm. with those two. So, but yeah, so he will be seeking out all the best cosplayers at the show. Yes, so. and there's usually some fucking incredible cosplayers, especially at like an anime con. So there's definitely going to be some cool stuff to see. Yeah, so, and you know, so while you're at it, follow our social media. Yes. You know, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we post daily, um, and each platform there's something different, something new. Um, we are your help for all your nerd news, so... Um, but uh, if you like the music you're hearing right now, Christian, where can they find that? They can find that on SoundCloud by following DJ Brebner. That's right. And he's also on Instagram? Yes. So, and what about the music at the top of the show? Oh, well, that would be Them Guilty Aces, um, our house band from the beginning. Definitely check them out. Yes, the local Chicago rockabilly band. You can check them out on iTunes. They got a bunch of videos on YouTube. And if you're ever in the Chicagoland area, check out a show. They're playing pretty much every weekend. All right, well, I think that does it for the show, Dan. All right, man. Are we under two hours, Christian? Um, we are just passing two hours, but let's Damn see. It. Let's see if I edit it down enough. All right. <laughs> All right. My name's Christian, and my name's David, and that's the Amazing Nerd Show. Freeze! Just back it up against the wall. You heard him. Back it up. Don't make us put some pain on you. Pain. How dare you use that word? He's got pins in his head. What you think causes pain is only a shadow. Pain has a face. Allow me to show it to you. <laughs>